0: Welcome! Will you stand with me this morning? I want to just go over a little bit of the lay of the land. Um, Happy Easter, first of all. Jesus is risen. Um, You know, I have to tell you something. Uh, My four-year-old asked me um, this morning. He said, so Jesus is risen today. Um, He said, what about tomorrow? He said, "Is is he... Dead again tomorrow? And I thought, you know, I've never had anybody ask me that before. I said, no, you know what? He, 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 we celebrate Good Friday every year and we remember that Jesus died for us and we remember his sacrifice. And then we celebrate every Easter his goodness and that he rose, but he stayed alive. He is alive forever and ever. And so that is good news this morning. And, um, And so what we're going to do, we're going to worship some this morning, and um, we're not going to take a fellowship break this morning. We've got a shorter service, just about an hour this morning, and we've got some fun things in store. Um, I know people are taking pictures. We're going to take pictures at the end as well. We're going to have some special things with our egg hunt this morning, and um, we're going to have a message this morning, and then we're going to share in communion together. Um, So all throughout this morning, um, I know we usually pause to do an offering but we're going to just leave things open we've got the buckets up here we have the green box in the back and we're just going to just incorporate that all throughout this morning as you feel impressed to give alright I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Steve for some other words here
1: so to be clear you can put your you can put your tithe in the green box anytime you want to you can bring it up here and put it in the offering buckets anytime you want to you can give online Okay, got that clear. Now, Pam told me to read this, and so y'all report back to her that I did a good job, okay? Um, okay, Easter egg hunt after, after the service. Immediately after the service out front. Kids between the front door and the parking lot are kids five and under. Kids six and up are going to be on this east side of the, of the building over here. And, uh, Pam said, be kind and considerate. Remember that you're not the only one who wants to find eggs. So if you older kids, let some of the littler kids do their thing. Please put your candy wrappers in the trash rather than on the ground. Now here's, here's some information that you need. In most of the eggs, there's a paper strip with a scripture on it. Please keep these. Because last year, y'all were just opening eggs and eating candy like crazy. So keep the scripture inside because there's a contest thing going. They're, uh, they're important. They are hidden in the eggs. Because Psalm 119 verse 1 says that if we hide God's word in our hearts, it helps us not to sin. One way we hide God's word in our hearts is to memorize Bible verses. So from now until the last Sunday in April, we'll have our big family Sunday and family dinner after church, and we want kids 3 to 11 to work on memorizing the scriptures that they find in the eggs. And um, when it, uh, you can win prizes. How about that? Uh, for littles in 3 to 5, whoever can say the most verses of the ones they found in their eggs, that kid wins a prize. Uh, so, kids, get your parents to help you memorize the verses that you find in your eggs. And on April 30th, come find Pam Pulaski to say your voice to her. Questions? So, I go in the six-year-old line, Steve. Are those white? I go in the six-year-old line. Yeah, that's right. Six and up. Six and up. But be nice. Okay, Donnie? Appreciate it. Adult Easter egg hunt. There are some unusual little white circles that are decorated like Easter eggs. If you take your phone out, it's got to be unlocked. I don't even think it has to be unlocked. Just put your phone up to it and see what you find. There's prizes involved, all right? Great prizes. One, the biggest prize of all is that Jesus has risen. Um, and this is a lot of people call it Easter we call it Resurrection Sunday and we'll talk more about that in just a moment but for right now I think that's covering it I'll jump up here later if I haven't covered it all um let's sing
0: he is good
2: stone manna on the ground no matter where I go I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you've got there's honey in the rock hard to see, only you can satisfy this honey in the rock, this honey in the rock, this honey in the rock. On the The ground, ground, no matter matter where where I go. go Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus.
1: song is so much more than just a song that we sing praise the one who set me free because in the garden everything got messed up but Jesus set us free from that and it was, the per, it was the purpose from the beginning Jesus is throughout the whole Bible he's in the beginning nothing was created without him And in the New Testament, we we find understanding in all of the verses that of which they're just a type and a shadow of who Jesus is. And the greatest of all, death has lost its grip on me. Amen. That's one of the things that the resurrection gives us. It gives us life. No longer do we argue about it like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they're so sad. You see? Okay, I know that's an old preacher joke, but that's that's the truth of it. That's the absolute truth. And if you've if you've ever lost somebody, I, I mean, I remember a grandmother that died when I was two and a half years old, and I remember being at her funeral. But that that was something that was expected to happen but if you've lo- ever lost anybody that was unexpected the resurrection and life after this means so much more and i know what that's like so let me let me just pray for us right now father i thank you for what this sunday means because it changed our whole lives And even though we may be living in a culture that wants to call it something else, that we live in 2023, not the year of our Lord as we've done for 2,000 years, but now we live in the common error. And maybe instead of common error, it should be common error. Because when you walked out of the grave, it changed everything a time started over for us a time when we're free a time when we don't fear death anymore Father I pray that we would live in that today I pray that you'd bless our fellowship and all the time that we have together right now that you'd bless every aspect of this service not just to be some act that we go through but something that that our heart resonates with that we actually be renewed this morning in the spirit, renewed to walk in new life in this new year. Because we want to be a blessing for you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all, okay, be seated. I forgot, I got lost there for a second. There's plenty of seats, Andrew. Oh, y'all have, Andrew, do y'all have plenty of seats? Borrow some if you need to. All right. All right, are we done singing? Okay. Let me turn my mic on. not, am I oh, I should put it on my ear. How about that? That helps. We're not taking a break today, but if you need to get up and use the bathroom or anything, feel free to. I also want to invite you to, after service, these pretty Easter lilies, the three on either side. You're welcome to take one home. You can plant it if you want to. Sandy said they'll grow. So We're in John chapter 20. If you want to open your Bibles on your phone. How many of you use your Bible on your phone? Raise your hands. Yeah. I do too. I actually had a pocket PC about 20 years ago. So I had my Bible on my, in my pocket back then. I was a true nerd. Most of you know that already. <laughs> I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. And in John chapter 20, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have the story of Jesus in different ways. It's the, it's the same story, and you can find all the stuff in there. Some of them, it's in a little different order. Some of them um, focus a lot on one thing more than another, and the other one focuses on that. Some theologians, and I use that, I'm putting air quotes on that. Some theologians say that proves that the Bible isn't true because it's, their stories don't agree. Now, if you're a detective, that might mean something. But when you're doing biblical interpretation, that's not a valid thing. Because they told different, they all told the same story, but they told it in different ways. And I've talked about this before, that if, if Pam, my wife and I, see a car wreck, an automobile accident, we will have very different stories about what happened. I will talk about the cars. I might talk about the injuries, and that's it. Pam's will be, for one thing, hers will be kind of like the amplified Bible. It will have tons more words than um, than my deal, and she will have the colors of the cars. I will have the make and model of the cars. She will have the colors, and she will have what people wore, and maybe even about their haircut and things like that. That doesn't mean that the automobile accident didn't happen, and it's true of the disciples that or the the disciples that wrote the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that they told them from different viewpoints. They were addressed to different people. Um, Matthew's is more to the Jewish people. And there's a lot of things he has about the Jewish holidays. but, But they all tell the same story. And they're all true. And all the important things they get, they have the same. And one of the things that's the same is that when you get to the end of all those books, they have about the resurrection. All four of them have the resurrection, and they all start in almost the same way. But we're in John this morning, and so the first four words of the book of John, verse one, say, Early on Sunday morning. Just four words. And they may not seem outstanding to you early on Sunday morning. But it was a little bit like this. It was actually earlier. It was actually dawn. But it a morning similar to this. Cool outside, but an early spring day. But it was, at, it was just a few days after one of the worst days ever. It was scary for everyone because it says that from noontime till 3 o'clock, it turned dark. In the lightest part of the day, it was dark and it was scary. There's a giant curtain in the temple, 40 feet tall, and so heavy that whenever they did pull it open for maintenance, they had to use mule teams to pull the curtains open. That's how big the curtains were, but they were torn from top to bottom. And they didn't have a little giant ladders or giant, giant ladders like we do that will get up there, you know, 30 feet or something like that. They didn't have that. But from top to bottom, it was torn open, signifying that no longer was God hidden from us. We had an open invitation to come into God's throne room in prayer, whatever, our own self. We didn't have to have somebody go in for us. But this was an early morning after that very, very rough day when Jesus was crucified—one of the, it, one of the worst deaths that you can imagine. It was like the electric chair, the gas chamber. It was reserved for a select few, and that's where. Jesus, our Savior, the Son of God, the creator of all that is, that's where he took our punishment for us. A guy named Joseph of Arimathea had a tomb. And it was called a rolling stone tomb. And there there were quite a few of them made in Israel during that time. But they were reserved for very wealthy people. Because they were they were dug out of limestone. And so there was solid rock inside. That it's, it's like if you dug out a cave. It was like that. Only these were cut square by skilled artisans. They had steps that went down in there. They had little places where the bodies were put. But this one had never had anyone in it before. And Joseph of Arimathea said, Please let me have the body. I want to put him in my own tomb." brand new, never been used. The rolling stone was on a hill. So it rolled down it had a rock stuck under it. And you, when you kicked that rock out, the, the stone rolled down the little hill and into place. And it was stuck there and you had to get a bunch of men to roll it back up the hill. But it was, I mean, it was like a, a vault, vault door. You couldn't get in beyond it. It was to try to discourage grave robbers. So a couple of people couldn't go out and steal a body. It'd take a whole bunch of people working together to roll that thing back up the hill. You have the picture? Sometimes I, when it uh, the, the rolled the stone away, I pictured this great big giant like a snowball or something like that. Uh, something like out of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, that one that's rolling down fi- after him. That's the picture that I had. This is a cut round stone, like a big manhole cover or something like that that would roll down into place. And it, once it's rolled down, you can't get it back without a lot of people being involved, a lot of humans being involved, I'll say that. With Joseph of Arimathea is Nicodemus, who came to Jesus in John chapter 3, in the middle of the night, a man who was one of the religious leaders, and he said, Jesus, I'm trying to understand because you know what, i I think I'm believing everything that you're saying, but I don't understand. And Jesus says, well, you must be born again. He said, what? You mean I got to crawl back up in there? And... Sorry, I don't want to be too graphic, but that's, that's what he said. How's that happen? Are you up for that, Brooke? A baby being unborn, so it can be born again. No, she just had one, so I'm picking on her. That same Nicodemus, who came at night because he was afraid, wasn't afraid anymore to go to Pilate and say, "Let us have the body." And so they take Jesus and they put and they they they're going lickety split. They're going really fast because it's the it's the Passover and they've got a it's the Sabbath that they're coming on and. They have to get it all done, and then they have to stop working. So they rush Jesus in, and they put him in there. They put all the spices on him and everything, and then they roll the door closed, and it cannot be opened anymore. And they were afraid, so or, or the religious leaders were afraid, said somebody might come steal his body. So put guards on the tomb, which they did. Put guards on the tomb, and it says they sealed it. They may have actually put something on there like an official government seal that you, if you broke it, you were... You were in big trouble. But it would prove that it hadn't been opened. But early on Sunday morning, early on Sunday morning, four words that change everything. From not too long after that, they started the numbering from Jesus' birthday on, the year of our Lord. A.D. Anno Domini, year of our Lord. I I, I think I, somebody taught me it was after death or something like that, which isn't right. But I could remember it that way. It changed everything. They were afraid that the disciples would come and steal the body. The same disciples who said, "I'll never leave you," but they all fled. Every one of them. And Peter, bless his heart. Everybody say, bless his heart. heart. Thank you. That's the southern thing to do when you're going to talk bad about somebody. Peter, bless his heart, he even cussed. The third time he cussed when they said, aren't you one of the, the followers? And he goes, "Beep! I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. Look it up. Says he cussed. So verse 1 of chapter 20. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So John is written by John, the brother of James, one of the disciples, one of the three that was in the inner circle, written by that John and he never refers to himself in, the, in his writing. He refers to himself many times as the disciple whom Jesus loved. I don't know if that's a, if, if that was a, in humility that he didn't talk about himself or that he wanted to go pat himself on the back. The one who Jesus loved, like he, he didn't love anybody else. I don't know what Jan, John's personality was. We know a little bit of it later in... In the letters that he wrote, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And in the book of Revelation, he wrote that. He wrote it down under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that same John, who doesn't ever call his own name, refers to himself in more cryptic type terms, like the one who Jesus loved. This is what he said. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Another thing about the disciples is that they were always trying to see who was the best. Kids, do y'all ever do that with your siblings, with your brother and sister? And Some go, I did that faster than you or better than you and I jumped higher than you. The disciples did that a little bit. I'm the smartest one. I totally won that. Jesus asked him a question. Yep, yeah, that's me. She went and found Simon. Simon Peter and John, the one who Jesus loved. Peter Verse, verse 3, Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. Guess what they're doing? They're racing to see who can get there first. Now, they just may have been excited. Why do I... Do you, I've been accused sometimes of trying to read a little too much into it. So, you might think that if I say they were racing for the tomb. I mean like to see who could get there first. So maybe that's not really what happened. Maybe it wasn't like that. So it says, Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. You tell me that wasn't a race. But in humility, he doesn't call his own name. He just calls himself the one that Jesus really loved. So John reaches the tomb first. But Peter gets there and takes over. John stoops and looks in. And and this is important because they're in a hurry. And when you're in a hurry, sometimes you miss things. When you're in a hurry, you miss things sometimes. So when John gets there and the the stone has been rolled back up the hill and the rock is under it that holds it open, that's down in the little trench where it rolls, and the door is small and low. And so John gets there and he looks in there and he can see that the grave closed. The wrapping that was around Jesus is laying in the floor. It's just laying in the floor in there. He sees, well, that's unusual because what he was wrapped in, that if you stole the body, you'd leave it wrapped up, right? But what he's wrapped in is laid there in the floor. So he stoops and looks in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. And then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. So John beat him by a long way, I'm just saying. Then Simon Peter arrived and he went inside. So he goes, goes through the little door and looks in. And there's enough light coming in that he can see around him just a little bit. So he sees the grave clothes, the wrappings laying there. But what else did he see? He took a little bit longer and he went in, enough light. And he also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Now these, these little shelves cut into the rock that they will set a body on. One shelf was a big shelf that they used to prepare the body. And once it's all wrapped up kind of like a mummy a little bit and it, it's wrapped in these cloths and it's got all these spices on it and that, that help the body not stink and all those things. And then after it's prepared and it's all wrapped up, they put it over on more permanent shelves. That would, they, the body would stay there for several years and then eventually it'll be put in a jar when it's just bones that are left. But the, that would be the place that lots of people would be buried in. But Jesus is the only one there because it's a brand new tomb. So Jesus had been on that big thing and what covered his head was wrapped up carefully and laying on that preparation table, the big table in there. So, as we continue... It says, then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. So Peter and John are both inside there. And it says, and that disciple, John, he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus said that he must rise from the dead. And then they went home. So you got the picture. They go inside there. There's, a, there's two of them. And it's, it's, not a, it's not like a big room like this. It's a small room. It's not much bigger than a closet. And it's got little holes where the bodies will eventually stay in for several years at a time. And they're in this small closet area. Smaller than probably our kitchen is. Maybe not much bigger than one of the bathrooms. And so picture yourself, two of you in there. And you can pretty much see everything that's in there, right? Okay. But but they were in a hurry. And they only had their mind on one thing. But it said, to their credit, it says, they saw and they believed. They saw and they believed. But it said Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And this is the Mary. There were lots of Marys in this part of the story. There's Marys all over the place. There's Mary the mother of Jesus. There's Mary the uh, the mother of Thaddeus, and then there's Mary Magdalene, and then there's Mary, the brother and si- the, the sister to Lazarus and Martha. They're all in this part of the story very prominent. But this is Mary Magdalene, that it said that Jesus had cast seven demons out of her and in the gospel of John it says that several times through it refers to that Mary in the same way every time so it says Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept she stooped and looked in the same thing that James and John had done and I'm pretty sure that she was right behind them so when they go out and go home which to me sounds like okay it's over now They go home, and she's standing out there by herself still. She looks into where they just came out of. She looks in the tomb, and what does she see? She stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels. The place that Peter and John just were. She saw angels in there. Now, angels could get in there afterwards. Here's what I believe. It's not the gospel, but this is what I believe. I believe they were there all the time. But Mary was in a different place spiritually than where they were at. In fact, all the Marys, check it out. See if I'm wrong. All the Marys were a little bit more spiritually attuned than anyone else in any of the stories. Remember the story of Mary and Martha? And Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha said, why don't you get her to help me? And Jesus said, what she's doing is more important right now. That's the same Mary that poured the oil, the expensive, a year's salary worth of oil. She pours it on Jesus. And Jesus said at that time, no, what she did is even more important than taking care of the poor right now. Those Mary's. They were spiritually. They had it going. God, any Marys like that here? I pray that we are Marys more like that. That we're doing some of the important things. Like just being quiet and listening to God. But this Mary, it says, she looked in and she saw these angels standing there. And if you can see the angels, maybe you can see more. So she saw those white-robed angels... One sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said, dear woman, why are you crying? And she said, because they have taken my Lord. She didn't think it was these guys, the angels. I don't know where they put him. She turned to leave. So she's looking in and she, turned, she doesn't go in, but she turns to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she thought he was a gardener. Sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him. And I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. And when he said her name, she knew immediately who it was. And she lunges to hug him. She's so happy to see him. She knew he was dead. She was there when he was crucified and died. And if you know anything about the crucifixion, you're going to die. He had been stabbed in the side and there's a lot of medical stuff that happened that proves that he was dead dead. Not just a little bit dead, not mostly dead like in The Princess Bride. Not mostly dead, he was dead, absolutely dead, and she saw it. But she immediately recognizes, oh, this is Jesus, and he's alive again. And she knows he was dead, and what he is right now is alive. But she's starting to hug him. He says, no, not yet. You can't do that yet. Because something about his body wasn't, he said, "I I haven't gone to heaven to meet my father yet. So he apparently goes to heaven and then comes back. But he says, go and tell the disciples that you've, seen, you've seen me. Go and tell my followers. Go and tell them all. And so she goes and tells them. And, and John and Peter had probably already been telling the story. And that night, they're locked in the room because they're still afraid of the leader's and the soldiers, they just know that they're going to be arrested at any time. And so they got all the doors locked, and they're sitting there, and they're talking quietly, probably. And they're talking. And all of a sudden, it says, Jesus says, what's up? <laughs> peace, dudes. That's what he really says. At least that's what he says in my Bible, right? Peace be with you. Same thing. He says, peace. Peace out. Right there in their midst. The doors are locked, and he's just there. Now, Jesus could do that before. But this is pretty unusual. There's a guy named Thomas that finds out a little bit later. And he says, you know what? I'll believe when I, when I can put my hands in the, in the scar in his side. And I can put, touch my fingers to those holes that are in his hands. Then I'll believe. All this is right there in, in John Chapter 20. So a week later, this was Sunday night that Jesus shows up. A week later, and the next night, so Monday, a week later, they're all together again. And Thomas may be saying, Yeah, I know it, I, I, but I don't believe it. And all of a sudden, Jesus is there. He said, You want to touch the holes in my hands? And I'm pretty sure Thomas said, oh, no, that won't be necessary. You've come into a locked room again. And I'm pretty sure I believe it without touching the holes in my hands. And he said, but now I've seen you. I believe. And Jesus says, you believe because you've seen me. But blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And kids, I, everybody within the sound of my voice, you know we're blessed. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands if you've actually seen him. I've heard him talk. Well, not maybe not here like with my ear bones, but with my brain... It, it, Words have gotten in there and not words like thou shalt surely, whatever, not King James words, words like walk down that hallway. And I said, Gee, well, Lord, I can't walk down the hallway. That's a private hallway in this office building. I can't go down there. It was in a hotel in Houston, the Double Tree uh, over by Westheimer. And he says, Walk down that hallway. So I did. I've heard him, but I've never seen him. Paul saw him on the road to Damascus after nobody was seeing him anymore. And as far as I know, the actual seeing Jesus, it's not happened a bunch. Well, John, this same John, in Revelation saw Jesus again, but it was in a vision a little bit different. I've not seen Jesus. I'm pretty sure you haven't seen Jesus. And young people, Rhett Newcomb, have you ever seen Jesus with your eyes? But do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? It says we're blessed if we believe when we've not seen. Are you blessed? Are you blessed to be you have the opportunity to believe. Are you blessed to be a part of the family of God that says, Yeah, death has no hold on me? Are you blessed to be a part of this family of God? <clears throat> that we can be Jesus in this community in central Oklahoma and help people with a house. Help people with an electric bill. Help people with food. Help each other when we have a baby. I would just, knock on wood, we don't need any more, I don't need any more babies, but we're we're blessed to be a part of the family that gets to be Jesus to other people. That's the kind of blessing that we have. The blessing that we have to love each other and pray for each other and lift each other up. To see each other through COVID and water and cancer and, and all the other things that come. We're blessed. Just because we haven't seen. We believe and we haven't seen. That's the kind of faith that all the people in the Old Testament were saved. We aren't saved by, by obeying a bunch of rules. We're saved by God's grace that comes through faith. And even that says the faith isn't our own, God even gives us that. God gives us all of it. It's my prayer that we could be a people, though, that are able to see the angels there There are a spiritual place where we can hear Jesus speak, where we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are able to lay hands on people and pray for them and heal them. I believe that for myself. I believe that for you. I pray that you believe it for yourself. And on this special Sunday, I pray that you're blessed beyond measure. We have been blessed. Even in just this past year, so many times we've been blessed. And I want you to be blessed for being here this morning too. If anyone has a need that they have in prayer, something that they are praying for, um, there's a young lady here that is... uh, um, pregnant with her first child and we're looking for her to be pregnant a lot longer. So we're praying for her that she will go to 35 weeks. Is that what you're still praying for? Okay. Um, And I'm believing for her to have 38 weeks. She may be really upset with me for giving her a couple of extra weeks, but um, that's what I'm praying for. How many times have we seen prayers fulfilled just in this group? Miraculous prayers. Miraculous words that brought peace to someone. The one, I'm reminded of the one that had told she had skin cancer, and there was a word for her that says. Don't worry. It's not it's benign. Don't worry. And the very next day, the doctor told her those words. We've seen God answer prayer so many times. We've seen him speak to us so many times. So that's my prayer for you this morning. That the needs that you have they'll be met. And if you want me to pray with you in agreement where Two or more agree is touching anything. They'll have what they ask for. If you want me to pray that prayer with you after this service, you just come to me. We pray. We don't have to pray in here. We can pray anywhere. We can pray in the middle of an Easter egg hunt. But you come to me, okay? Let me pray right now. Father, I thank you for the blessings that are on us because we're believers. I thank you for the faith that I have that's been strengthened by all of the prayers that I've seen answered. Father, I pray that your blessings be on every single person in this room. That as we prepare for the supper that you celebrated with your disciples on that last night, as we prepare our hearts to receive that right now, I pray in Jesus' name for you to be in our hearts and minds to receive of the gift that we have that's commemorated in this picture of Jesus giving His blood and, and His body for us. It's in His name we pray. Amen.
0: continue in worship as we celebrate the body and the blood of Jesus, and as we praise him for what he's done for us, his great love for us.
1: us grace to love people that are unlovable. He gives us grace to overcome things that are difficult to overcome. So you have two cups in your hand. One that has the bread in it. I ask you to take it now and hold it in your hand. Jesus took what meant one thing to the disciples and all the Jews that had celebrated Passover for a thousand years. It meant one thing to them. The bread meant one thing. And Jesus said, no, this bread is my body, broken for you. Before his body was broken, it wasn't that, it wasn't his Body yet, it was a symbol of Jesus giving up his body for us, just like this is a symbol of it. And as you partake of it now, I pray that the spiritual representation of it happens as you consume Jesus. And I pray that it's just a step in you consuming more and more of Jesus through his word and teaching. night that he was betrayed the night that he gave himself up for us he likewise took the cup and gave it a new definition it was no longer it no longer represented the blood of the Passover lamb that told the death angel in Egypt to pass over their household now it was Jesus' own blood that washes our sins away hey, this is the blood of the new covenant. It's my blood poured out for you. Let's partake. And on that very first night that his disciples partook of the meal that we've just taken in memory, it as they went over to the Mount of eventually arrested as we go from this place I hope that we can have the same sense of fellowship I pray that in this memorial that we can take a new sense of the presence of Jesus in us and a commemoration of what his blood has done for us that's not a popular thing to talk about anymore these days but it's a fact it's the truth and as we enjoy the fellowship that we have and our children are hunting Easter eggs which represent the Easter egg is all from uh, from Lent and when people had given all that stuff up and they could eat eat those things again that's one of the reasons why we use eggs for for this particular thing it represents a new beginning too in the springtime. I pray your blessing on the moments in these times. Get your phones out and take pictures of everything. Older kids will be out here to the, to the east side of the building in the parking lot and the younger kids, preschool kids are going to be out in front here. All right? God's blessings be on you. God's blessings be on you and your family. Get a picture taken. Is Julie still here? Okay, she'll be ready for you in there. If you haven't had your family picture taken, get it taken. And you will be emailed this week a link so that you can get your picture, all right? God bless you and have an awesome week and enjoy this time.